The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi everybody, hello, welcome. The Rough House Podcast continues on. I'm Marty. And I'm Christoph, and why are there windows? <laughs> Chris is having a, a, a very rough uh, Sunday morning. Uh, we're, we're my colleague, one with more hair. I would say your hair hurts this morning. My eyebrows hurt. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure the reasoning, uh, physiolo- physiologically, why. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there it is. Big there words. you go. Yeah. Um, hey, look, look. Words are hard. Uh, real talk. Uh, not this. Not last night's show, but two weeks ago uh, during a, uh, a super art fight stream. All the cheap uh, pop. Yes. Uh, Twitch.tv/superartfight. Um, uh, all of the starting topics were based off of astrological signs. Okay. And I, uh, because I am a vague professional, said astronomical signs, <laughs> which is very different. Those are very Better large than anatomical signs. signs. That's I true. Guess. That's true. You know. but yes, those are those are large signs, not not related to one's birth sign. Yeah. Meh. You Meh. know. Yeah. But you know, it's my one job. They're they're like you know drawing mini masterpieces, and my right. my job is not to be a mushmouth doof, and yet quit your jibber jabber, Melonhead. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, hi everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, another week in the pro res. Um, uh, last week's episode started off hard, and uh, as I was saying to Chris before we started recording, I, I think the best way for us to handle this episode is uh, we're going to step in the poop a little bit, but we're going to try to wash it off by talking about everything else that happened in, in the world of pro res, because uh, we we have some reason to be positive, you know? Uh, it was a fun dynamite on the road to Fighter Fest, and mm-hmm. New Japan Cup continued to deliver, including what is my new match of the year. Um NXT was super fun as that's building to Great American Bash. Who knew? Sure. Uh, we still have some ugliness though to get into, so we'll, we'll we'll try to hit the high notes and not not linger so long. Um, so first things first, uh, the 
the the talk of the wrestling town last week was uh, the speaking out movement. Um, it hasn't. I wouldn't say let up is probably a, a way to describe it. It's it's continued, and we're seeing the fallout thereof. Uh, let let's kind of hit the high notes. Um, cool. Yeah, low notes, true. really. Yeah. Uh, the high, uh, let's hit the high-level details. How about that? Yes, there we go. Uh, Joey Ryan, uh, officially uh, Pariah and Pro Wrestling, uh, Bar Wrestling, his company is closed. Impact has severed ties with him. Um, I think Joey Ryan's just done in professional wrestling. Yeah, all the bar wrestling stuff was even taken down off high spots. Yes. Uh, the elites have taken down... Any episode focused around or including Joey Ryan from their mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't release a new episode either this week, being the Elite. Oh, they, um, they did. It just was late. It just was Oh, late. they did? Yes. They, oh. they released it on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, as opposed oh, to... Oh, I thought they said that they were going to... Oh, whatever. Yeah, nevertheless. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, Joey Ryan got 86th, essentially, um, yes. after being outed as a uh, aggressive sex pest. Yes. <laughs> essentially. Uh, a number of talents have uh, left... And formally resigned from Chikara Pro Wrestling, uh, leading to its uh, owner and trainer, Mike Quackenbush, to announce that Chikara is closing based off of the allegations towards him and towards the company. Um, of course, uh, we here at the Rough House have uh, some friends and contacts over at the Chikara side of things, so um, we hope they're doing as well as they can. Uh, Quackenbush also released yesterday a 13-minute long apology video which uh, is a rough watch, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't recommend digging into that unless you want to hear him address every single allegation one by one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't really know much about Quackenbush personally. I knew professionally that he was pretty well regarded in terms of a trainer and being the guy behind Chikara, and I know Chikara had his very vocal um, you know, supporters, uh, not overwhelming in numbers, but, you know, People who dug it, dug it. And yes. I went to a show and I thought it was fun. I never really dug much in more into it, unfortunately. But, mm-hmm. you know, I like the idea of it. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one, you know, I guess it had been one of those um, uh, open secrets, I think, is the term that's been used a lot over the past couple of weeks that, you know, people in the locker rooms kind of knew about it. But he was the boss, so they kind of turned a blind eye sort of thing. Um, and... I feel like I think we talked about this last week. I don't want to get into the the meat of it again, but I feel like that's that has to change almost as much as people not being creeps. Yeah, is that yeah. Um, you know see something, say something before you uh, dig even every if it, dig. Yes, yes, yeah. Call Miss Utility. Say, hey, I got this uh, Wrestle Factory trainer guy up here, yeah. and um, you know he's trying to trying to slip the old salami into the uh, in, into the un, uh, unwanting um, uh, hot dog bun. Yeah, I don't know. That's fucking my brain isn't working. No, it's okay. Um, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's 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 a, it, it's a tough look. It's a tough situation. Um, Marty Skrull, uh, head booker of Ring of Honor and lead star of Ring of Honor. Um, at least I don't know if he's head booker. He's one of the lead bookers. It's him and yeah. Delirious. Um, he released not one but two separate apologies. Uh, Include well, I guess the reason why I released the second one is because the first one was found to basically be plagiarized from Kobe Bryant's address towards his victims. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm, not, you, you, not great. 
if you're Martin. accused of such things, you might want to actually take some time and uh, write some thoughts that are original and yeah. uh, heartfelt and not, you know, just a damage control sort of thing. Obviously, by nature, it is damage control, but you don't want it to sound that way. You want it to you want it to come off as something that you uh, you really mean and yes. um, ripping off somebody else's apology. Not really the way to go for that, Marty. No, no, not not, not you. You're, yes. You're okay. Mr. Mr. Squirrel. Yes. Mr. Squirrel. Yeah. Um, no relation. In a bit of uh, sort of cross promotional no drama. No Martise Club. Yes. You're allowed to have one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, in a bit of cross promotional drama, if you will, uh, Sammy Guevara uh, was found <sighs> to have made a less than savory statement statement about one Sasha Banks in a podcast back in 2016, um, where uh, let's just. Let's just say it. He said he wanted to rape her, which uh, not cool. Not cool. Yeah, this is not something that I've ever heard said in a in a manner such as that. Apparently, it's uh, reading some replies on Twitter. Apparently, it's a thing that is said by people or was said by people at one point in time. Um, and look, I in, if anybody's been listening to this podcast for years. You know that I enjoy um, um, uh, thinking about the sexual escapades of pro wrestlers together mm -hmm. in a comedic mm -hmm. fashion. Mm -hmm. um, never. I, 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 I think the insinuation in all of your scenarios, though, Chris, is consent is very key. Obviously, yeah. I yeah. Mean, Consenting somebody... adults having a good time is always the heart of yeah. your. Uh, your imagined scenarios. Look, I have a, I have an imagination sexually. Um, so, you know, when I sometimes I want to be a cornet and sit in the corner and watch Selena Vega and Alistair Black get it on. Sometimes I want to, you know, take Jordan Grace out to a nice uh, candlelit dinner and, uh, you know, have her bench press me. There's a lot of different things that go through my mind. Yeah. Um, but but again, all, all, all of your scenarios <laughs> are, are consenting. Your fantasy yes. scenarios are consenting. And you know what? I think if. Uh, if Sammy just said she was fucking hot or, or something like that, it'd be very different. Well, that he, I wanted to fuck her. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, uh, is it crude? It's yeah, but it yeah. is, right. uh, you know, again, hey, it's just a, it, it's just a, a, a literal carnal instinct, um, yeah. you know, uh, but Sammy uh, apologized. Sammy reached out to Sasha Banks to apologize. She also posted a statement on Twitter addressing it. Uh, Sammy Guevara now suspended without pay by AEW as he undergoes um, uh, uh, sensitivity, sensitivity training. training. Yes, yeah. and uh, all of his money, I believe, is being given to a women's shelter in Jacksonville, which I think is a nice touch from the AEW crew. Um, yeah, that's a good move. I, I definitely can say much how we were you know talking about in in last week's episode if you didn't listen to last week's episode uh we go a lot more in depth in all of this there are different levels here they all sort of build off the same rotten core which is um really terrible treatment and addressing of women in the wrestling industry if not society in general um i will say that a Sammy Guevara should not necessarily be spoken of in the same tones as a Joey Ryan based off of what uh, parties have accused and also parties have admitted to. Right. Um, 
but I do think it's important that conversations about both levels are addressed. It's just, you know, what a Sammy Guevara did is definitely not what a Joey Ryan did. And we should recognize that there are shades of terribleness in this. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. The, you, you peel back the, uh, the terrible parfait here and it's, you know, there, there are layers. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's an onion parfait, if yes. you will. Yes. It's just, it's garbage on top of garbage. It's all garbage, uh, right. but there are various levels of it. So yeah, yeah there's some um, garbage that can be pulled out of the trash and redeemed and you can yeah. just wipe it off and you're good. And there's some of it that's just, you know, festering and covered in maggots. And that's what we're we're discovering in the pro wrestling world. Who can be cleaned off and used another day and uh, who are just terrible and need to be tossed out. And that's actually a really great analogy, Chris. The the garbage one, I like that a lot. Um, uh, Also, uh, from this week, uh, the NXT UK roster is a bit smaller as Laguero and Travis Banks have both been removed from those rosters they've been let go by wwe uh also on the impact side michael elgin uh was originally just suspended my understanding is impact is completely severed ties with michael elgin uh meaning that the uh the planned five-way main event for slammiversary (laughs) is getting smaller and smaller uh as in an unrelated bit uh impact also severed ties with impact champion tessa blanchard yeah, that's uh I mean, you know, man, has a has a current champion ever been fired before? Um I don't know about fired. I know non storyline. I, I, I know like Jeff Jarrett held up Vince McMahon wow. for money because his deal was up. And technically Tess's deal was up this week. Um, but they they decided not to continue on with her because uh she did not live up to her side of a bargain. Basically, she's in Mexico, so she's having trouble mm-hmm. getting to the States to perform. They asked her to send promos that they would uh, cut together as like a, you know, via satellite bit with Josh Matthews, who still works for Impact, turns out. Um, she declined to do so. So they basically said, all right, on you, we're going to move on. Um, so now it looks like we're going to have a new Impact champion between uh, Ace Austin um, uh, and I believe two thirds of the ra- uh, uh, not radicals. What are they called? I don't know. <laughs> rascals. That's what the they rascals. are. Rascals. Okay. Yes. Uh, those, those little rascals. Zachary there. Wentz and etc. Yeah. Um. I I think I think it's good in a twist. Uh, EC three will walk out with the uh, Impact Championship. Honestly, at this point. That's their best move. That, that's one of their best moves. Uh, yeah. Whatever talent or talents they are debuting from the recent WWE cuts, somebody's got to walk out champ, and it sure yeah. as hell shouldn't be moves. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, isn't he an, uh, a TNA champ currently yes. or something like yes, that? Yes, he is, he is a, a claimed champion. And at this point, that might actually be the belt they use, because my understanding is Tessa has that in Mexico, too. You know what? Fuck it. Just make Jordan Grace the heavyweight champion. Not a All bad right? idea. That's Not what I'm saying. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Um, let's also get into the other bit of terribleness this week, which is WWE's continued mishandling of the COVID crisis. High Exasperated. level. High level. I believe, Chris, you and I are agreeing on the same thing, which is it would be best for all professional wrestling companies right now to not run shows. Yeah. There are ways of doing them in a more safe way, 
not having fans, doing testing of, of your roster, that sort of thing. But even those shows, looking at UAEW and, and New Japan, still have a, 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 um, a shadow cast upon them, whether mm-hmm. it's because there is no real crowd or because of the fact that if you think about it for two seconds, you're like, holy shit, they're wrestling each other in a pandemic. This is a terrible idea. Um, it, again, it'd be best for them, like most of us, to just continue staying home and... I mean, Major League Baseball, yeah, they're agreeing to something in theory, but even that, they've flat out said if things start to break bad, they're not going to proceed with the season. Same well, with the NBA. If it's happening in Florida, then it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> a non-starter. Well, also, we're, you know, all throughout this week, uh, we were getting stories about, you know, players for different teams or their training mm-hmm. uh, uh, management and, and, and all of that, uh, testing positive for COVID. So, you know, who knows how that's going to go. Um but all you know, the NBA and 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 MLB and and even NASCAR, which you know is literally just people. In, they're literally socially distant. Like they're they're well, in, not the pit crews well, and stuff true, like true, that. True. I mean, I'm there's just a big the, huddle of people in the in the garage area where they're apparently keen to hanging up nooses in fucking garages. Fucking rednecks. Yes. Um, um, what what I'm getting at is like even they are are going at a moment's notice. Yeah. This this. This house of cards could fall and close, and we'll we'll try having a season, but we'll shut it down. I feel like AEW to a degree because they flat out said, "Hey, if you're not comfortable, whatever, don't bother coming on wrestling." I feel like they also admit that this is a very delicate situation. Uh, as seen on Dynamite this week, we had no John Moxley, we had no QT Marshall, we had none of the um, uh, QT Marshall trainees like Anna J mm-hmm. and so on on the show because. Uh, John Moxley was uh, was connected exposed, to a, he yeah. was exposed to a COVID patient. More on that in a minute. Uh, as was QT Marshall. Um, yeah. So you know, at least they're going. Hey, let's not let's not cross risk the streams. Every, yeah, let's let's not cross streams. Let's not risk people getting exposed. Smart, good. Still, overall, probably a good idea to not be doing shows. But hey, if you're doing shows, they're testing. They're letting people not be on shows. They're cutting people out of shows where necessary. Smart. The WWE way of doing things so far has been to deny everything possible to the point of they did not actually test people legitimately for COVID until last week. And based off of rumor, scuttlebutt, and hearsay, as many as 30 individuals have COVID. Yeah, and people were um, encouraged to invite friends and family to be in the crowd at tapings. Yes. They were required to not wear masks on camera. Yes, because it's a visual distraction. Fuck. What? Yes. Like, how... Look, I, I'm a wrestling fan. Clearly, I have a wrestling podcast and you're listening to it. I don't like wrestling that much to put so many people's lives in danger. No. I would much rather just watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for the hundredth time than watch a live uh, episode of NXT or Raw or Dynamite Yeah, uh, where I knew that it, it was exposing people to um, extreme health problems and or death. It's just – you know, and especially 
with it being in Florida, the cesspool of America, where nothing but morons live and fighting over their uh, liberties to wear a mask when the 5G pedophiles are coming to get them uh, and all this stupid conspiracy theory bullshit. Um, when you're down there in that, uh, you know, like I said, cesspool of disease and uh, idiocracy and, you know, you're just putting people in a room together, not wearing masks. Some of them are bumping up and sweating on each other and, and all kinds of other different things. It's a recipe for disaster. Yes. And in, in my opinion, as a non-medical professional and just as a douchebag with a microphone sitting in his fucking one bedroom apartment, um, you know, talking into it, it's only a matter of time before Vince McMahon kills somebody else. Yeah, I, and and I, I think the thing that has been so bothersome, regardless of what company uh, you're a fan of or not a fan of, is I remember when this started and companies were still running shows and the question mark was, you know, what will happen when someone tests positive for COVID? Turns out nothing. What happens when two people test positive for COVID? Turns out nothing. Now we are literally just getting like a scatter plot of, of people testing positive for COVID and it's nothing. And, and the thing that is so frustrating and depressing is, is it going to take someone dying? Like it's, it's, I, is that what I, I honestly be? don't think that would, that would deter Vince because He'd come up with some kind of excuse to spin it. He would donate some more money to some, uh, asshole super PAC to not shut him down. And it would continue until, you know, it gets even worse than that. That's, that's how I feel about it. He's a corrupt, morally bankrupt person running a, an organization putting its uh, not even well some of them are employees but independent contractors in uh, life or death situations and it's fucked up and it's stupid and I hate it so that's West where I stand yeah and and, and and I I don't disagree because you know there's a solution for all of this for all companies by the way have uh, talent get on zoom and this week's raw is uh, you know, uh, Randy Orton's favorite matches. And yeah. you just go to the vault and you you have three hours of Randy Orton matches. Is it what I would call something I'd enjoy? Oh. Oh, God, no. God. However, you know, or it could be his favorite matches from the WWE vault. So maybe it's not three hours yeah. of Randy Orton matches. It's matches he really yeah. likes. And you then, can hold the clown up in that night. Randy will put me to sleep. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, but then, you know, on the AEW side, it, it can be best of 2019 or Kenny Omega's favorite matches or, yeah. you know, y yes, I recognize their vault is not as uh, filled with depth as um, as the WWE vault. But also they have a, a lot less hours to fill every week. So, you know, yeah. And, and they have dark. They can cherry pick stuff from dark. Exactly. Best of uh, dark. They have their old pay-per-views. Best you of know, pay-per-views. And, and yeah, you'll probably have some degree of 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 uh, overlapping and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say these would be rating straws, but it would be a new, quote unquote, program every week. And yeah. you could come back when things were safer. Man, I, I, I got to tell you, like, between the shit, the terribleness of the speaking out and just this, the whole COVID situation um, just exhausting me. Yeah. That overshadows some good wrestling that I've seen. I'm kind of not into wrestling right now. It's making me not enjoy wrestling. It, it's hard. Uh, it, it's it's very difficult because, and, and I, I think uh, this calls back to a conversation you and I had a, a few weeks ago. Pro wrestling for both of us 
is a hobby. It's a fun escape. You put on these shows, and regardless of how good they are, yeah, you're reminded of what's going on in the outside world. Yeah, it's just it's not uh, it's not doing it for me. I'm watching it, uh, but maybe probably not as intent. I know not as intently because uh, I was fucking around on my phone yeah. throughout most of it. Yeah. Um. And I don't know, man. It's just I, I I'm not feeling it right now, and I I don't know. It's 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 affecting me <laughs> and my ability to do this podcast. No, I, I, I get it. But let's uh, let's talk high level. Who's been revealed? Um, Renee Young was the first to go public saying she has covid uh, in a week where also she lost her job on WWE backstage. Take that, Ryan yeah. Satin. Um, sorry, punk. Yeah. Uh, and not sorry. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> boy, was that worth blowing that return off for? Um so Renee Young, uh, that's who John Moxley was exposed to. Clearly, um, yeah. I think it goes without saying that even though it's being promoted as such, I think the uh, Fighter Fest main event uh, for AEW's uh, second week of Fighter Fest probably in question right now. But Renee Young, COVID on the mend. Um, apparently, a lot of heat on her backstage for. Uh, revealing she has COVID, and also no one from okay. management has called her. No one. Yeah, uh, and they hadn't called her prior to her announcing it, so it's not that for the reason that they're not calling her. Yes. Um, it's just, a like I said, a morally bankrupt company who doesn't care about their people. Um, so yeah, hopefully Renee gets better. Honestly, Renee, fucking dip out, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Get that get that Today Show job that John wants you to have. You'd be great on right? it. Right? She's like really talented and is kind of <laughs> she, working she's below slumming her. It. She's slumming she it. Yes, she's slumming it. She's overqualified yes. to work at WWE. Um, get the fuck out, dude. You know, I'm sure Mox is bringing in a pretty penny, and I know that, you know, money isn't a big thing to him at least. I'm not sure how, you know, how her lifestyle is. Yeah. Um, but hell, man, yeah, just come on. Get, get, just yeah. dip out. Yeah. Once you feel better. Feel better first. Yes, feel better first, then send the feelers to CNN and get get yourself a show. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Caleb Braxton uh, has COVID, apparently the second time, so I guess Again. she was... I guess she was the unnamed person back in, like, March or whatever. Yeah, she was the OG. Um, thought she was clear and then got it again or, you know, just had some it lying dormant inside because we don't know the science behind uh, contracting it again. And great news. There's an entire video where you can watch a virus possibly spread uh, this week. Uh, was apparently the anniversary of the birth... Actually, not the anniversary. It was the uh, birthday of uh, Billy Kay. Um, so they shot a video backstage, and the first she- first shot of it is the Iconics walking in and yelling at Kayla with the old, Hey, Kayla! You know? Um, so they put a microphone Perfect. to her face, and then th- there's the Iconics going backstage asking everyone if they know whose birthday it is. So, you know, five, six, seven people. Germs uh, live in windscreens. Trust me. Microphone. (laughs) Those windscreens are uh, Petri dishes. It's terrible. Also announced as having COVID Adam Pierce, the scrap daddy himself. Yeah. uh, And Jamie, by God, Knoebel. 
Uh, I didn't even know he still worked there. Yes. Uh, so here's the fun part. Pierce and Noble working gorilla with one 75-year-old man named Vince McMahon. Also, Jamie Noble gets in the ring and works out with the guys before show. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So... Roman, Sammy, and Kevin Owens appear to be the smartest people in professional wrestling right now. Yeah. And you know what? Good good on all three of them. When, the you know, whatever comes out of this rebuilds, they'll be the base. Yes. Yes. Or at least Kevin and uh, Roman will. I still don't think Vince likes Sammy. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. So y- you know what the best part of all of this is, Chris? No. The risk, <laughs> the risks they're taking. It's producing fine entertainment, like a Raw championship feud between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Or a big rematch between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman Mm -hmm. that is non-title for reasons I can't even begin to describe. What? Yes. The quote-unquote swamp fight. Oh, God. That will be taking place at Extreme Rules is a non-title match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. I can't. I I, I just I can't, man. By the way, Dolph Ziggler uh, was traded to Raw. That that it was revealed that that was part of the AJ Styles trade to SmackDown. Mm. So Dolph been traded to OVW. Yeah. Um, and uh, the fun part is Bobby Roode gets to come along with Ziggler despite not being on television at all. Okay. So is he is. Is he is, does he still live in Canada? Is that why he hasn't been on TV? Uh, I believe so. I believe he okay. uh, he's stuck up there. Um, as are the Singh brothers. You know what, Bobby? <laughs> You're better off just staying up there, bro. Yeah, okay. yeah. You've you've got it right right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got where the the healthcare is free and um, yeah. Bobby Rude, Robert, Robert Rudurelli, Robert Rudurelli. If you're smart enough, yeah. you'll. Uh, You'll still stay up there and and have some of the sauce. Yeah, and uh, Chris, it's also very lucky that you aren't watching SmackDown right now because this week was a tribute to the Undertaker. Ah, oh yeah, the the, the best news of the week. Yes, that you know nobody that's believes. True. That's true. Is that the old fuck is finally hanging up the boots? Well, uh, unless there's an emergency it. and or Vince yeah. needs him, he literally right. described it that way. Yeah. So yeah, nobody believes you. Yeah, uh, you're you're gonna be back at Mania. Yeah, so fuck off, you old fuck. <laughs> God, hate that guy. Uh, but yes, it was as a, a person and as an uh, the Undertaker. It was <clears> a <throat> tribute to the Undertaker this week on SmackDown, which included airing the Boneyard match in full. That's a quick way to kill an hour of your two-hour show, uh, and a mini storyline where Baron Corbin basically said uh, the Undertaker is shitty, and Jeff Hardy was like, "Well, hey, he made me." So Jeff Hardy fought against. God, Baron have we fallen so far that I'm agreeing with Baron Corbin? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck. Also, there was the not at all cultish scene of all of the uh, SmackDown stars standing around the stage chanting, Thank you, Taker. Oh, God. Thank you, Taker. Fuck off. The guy, God. Mm. Mm. Hate him. Stinks. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. I don't, have, I don't have the energy to get into why I hate The Undertaker. Uh, my my hate for The Undertaker is well documented on the show. Very well Sorry documented. to Eric and the rest of the Taker fans out there. Uh, but, yeah, fuck that guy. It's okay. It's okay. You you want to talk about something I think will make you a bit happier, though, Chris? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going to do it at this point. 
can we talk about the New Japan Cup? We can talk about the New Japan Cup. That'll help. Okay, so this week we had three shows that were a part of the New Japan Cup. Nights yeah. three, four, and five. as Finishing the... up round one and beginning round two. Yes, indeed. Currican Hall was used this week. Um, an, an empty Currican Hall, which is definitely uh, an odd sight. Um, yeah. But uh, it, really, really fun shows. You want to just talk about uh, the, the New Japan Cup matches proper? Yeah, yeah, the tags are... Yeah, they're, they're, they're just kind of there, yeah. and they're mini storyline bits, but what have you. So, uh, starting with uh, Night 3, which was on Monday of this week, uh, we had uh, Sonata against uh, Taguchi in what I thought was a really fun match. Oh, yeah, I skipped this one. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, Sorry, Sonata. We knew Sonata was winning, so, yes, yes. you know. But uh, Taguchi basically pulled out the best of the Super Juniors working boots that he has. And, uh, you know, just basically um, he he did have a really good match with Sonata. Uh, Sonata definitely feels like he's going to forever be in the bridesmaid, never a bride situation, which is a bummer. Um, But uh, I'm not shocked that he progressed. What I was shocked, though, in the match that followed it. uh, And like I said, new match of the year for me. uh, Show versus Shingo Takagi. Mm. I know there was no crowd. I wish there was a crowd. Yeah. Because this was a star making match. Fully engorged uh is the best way to describe me while watching this match. <laughs> this this match was full of striking. It was just yeah. basically uh and it's funny, I wouldn't necessarily call show a meaty man, but was meaty men bumping meat. Like they yeah. uh looks like he filled out a little over the uh over He definitely the got he definitely joined the swole patrol. He definitely yeah. got he definitely got a bit more bulked up, uh, and yeah. I know a lot of people, uh, in- including us, have basically said, you know, shows the star out of the uh, Rapungi 3K guys. It yeah. was very clear from this match, like, he could be a future headliner for New yeah. Japan. Also because Yo did the job to Bushi, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and he makes poopy art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Sh- show and Shingo match was was fantastic it was it was show you know they had kind of been telling the story of um shingo's had his number the whole time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know it was it was like getting to show to the point where he was just you know so razor or laser focused rather on uh on, on defeating shingo and he matched everything that Shingo threw at him, lariats, pumping bonners, kamagoye, not kamagoyes, uh, no shigamis, yes. uh, all the uh, five different finishers that, that Shingo has yes. uh, that he that he threw out. But uh, it took a took one shock arrow to get it uh, to get it done and yes. shocked uh, the New Japan world. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, I and, and to hear the commentators match. lose their shit on that was yeah. was fantastic. Uh, I mean, also this was a match about the little things. The fucking left jab that Shingo has oh, is one yeah, of my yeah. favorite moves in professional wrestling right now. I just God damn, there were like I legit howled at a few of them. Yeah, and in the empty building you hear it reverberate <laughs> yes. so much more. And yes. that's awesome. <laughs> yes. It, it was so good. I mean, literally, bell rings, they're throwing lariats at each other, and you knew you were gonna be in for a good time. And uh 
Uh, yeah. That match was on second. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, it was third for the the show because they had a tag match well, to start. But yeah. Matches, yeah. But it, it 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 was really great. It was really awesome. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then uh, after intermission, we had Kota Ibushi and Zack Saber Jr. These two were always fun together, and it was basically. Yeah. Um, the the segments where each guy was in control was peak their style of match. You yeah. you had the grapple fuckery of of ZSJ against uh, the the uh, really as of late heavy striking of Kota Ibushi and some nice flippy dudes. Um, I I enjoyed this a lot too. Yeah, no, uh, you know, and Kota kept up with the uh, the the twisty bendy style of ZSJ, uh, but then you know when it got like you said into the striking shit, uh, Kota turned it up. It was it was really fun. I I, I quite enjoyed that one too. Yeah. Uh, Kota ended up winning, and then in the main event of uh, night three, a shock: Taichi defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Wow. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess if uh, you would have looked further down the brackets, uh, you kind of could have figured out this might happen. But a first round upset for the ace is uh, demoralizing for the guy. Uh, And of course, you would think that after a couple months off, the knees might have healed a little bit. Nope. No, not so much. (laughs) Not so much. Knees are fucked as fuck. So uh, sorry, Tana. Tai Chi, you know, good for the guy. We'll see. Uh, he gets. Uh, does he get Ibushi next? Um, I, I will have to take a look back at the brackets. To see I where forget how I, I forget how it goes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, uh, you got to have some upsets. That's two upsets on one show, though, because I think Shingo was one of the favorites to win, yes. and then um, you know the Ace doing the job for Tai Chi. So yeah, yes, it, was, it was a good match, though. Oh yeah, very, shockingly good match, especially because I'm not a Tai Chi yeah. guy. Um, Right, but uh, I, I I thought it was pretty good. Night four wrapped up round one of the New Japan Cup, uh, as you mentioned, Bushi getting the surprise victory over Yo in a really long match. Yeah, uh, far longer than it should have been, I thought. Yeah. but um, yeah, Bushi getting uh, a rare win, non Fall Guy Bushi. Apparently, it's Fall Guy Yo. Yeah, Fall Guy Yo in this scenario. Um. Not nothing that I would sit here and say you need to go out of your way to watch, but it was fine. Um, then we had even average New Japan is better than uh, <laughs> most WWE yes. stuff. Now, when you want to talk about a miracle match, Chris, you had literally the most unfocused, unprepared, lazy professional wrestler of all time, and one of the most broken down former greats in New <laughs> Japan, and somehow. As as I as I replied to one of our listeners on our Facebook page, about ten minutes a year, you get greatness out of Yoshihashi. Yeah. Sometimes that greatness is on tape. This was one of those instances. As Yoshihashi and Hiroshi Tanzan had an absolute ass beater of a match. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I like <laughs> after I, I read the post uh, prior to watching that match. And I scoffed at it and laughed it off. And then I watched the match. I'm like, oh, fuck, this was actually good. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck knew? <laughs> Maybe watch some tape over quarantine. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. He was just <laughs> awake enough. Yeah. <laughs> Still can't find a comb to save his life. No, but, uh, no he can't. You know. No, he can't. Uh, but you know what? Um, there you go, guys. That's That, that right there is... Uh, Yoshihashi's 2020 in a nutshell. That's it. That's that's what goes on the highlight hey. reel. It's downhill from here. Could um, be worse. 
And then uh, after the intermission, we had uh, Hiroki Goto against Yujiro Takahashi. I'm not shocked that Goto went over as Yujiro is basically designated fall guy. Um, for I mean, for a, a group that has a lot of fall guys in, in the Bullet Club. But, yeah. um, you know, it was fine. Uh, nothing that I really enjoyed all that much. But uh, Goto gonna Goto. Yes. But what I did really enjoy was the main event of the evening, which was Evil and Kojima. The New Japan Dads have basically decided we're coming out of quarantine hot and heavy. We saw it with Nagata, yeah. and we saw it again here with Kojima. Because Kojima was looking like it was the early 2000s all over again in this match. It was laying them in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed this match quite a bit. Um, as, uh, as evil's a hell of a performer too. Yeah. Uh, just evil and Kojima beating the shit out of each other, which has, I recognize has been kind of a through line of the new Japan cup that basically, if there's no crowd, therefore we will beat the shit out of each other. Uh, we saw it with, uh, Suzuki and, and Nagata. We saw it with show and Shingo mm-hmm. and we saw it again here. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. Um, no bump those meats, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 made for a very, very fun time. And then night five kicked off, uh, round two, uh, with, Fight. uh, with former tag, well, not former, probably going to go back to being tag partners after this, but tag partners throwing down as Taji Ishimori and Yoshinobu Kanemaru going one-on-one. Um, again, not a match I'd recommend people, uh, go out of their way to watch, but it was fine. Ishimori took most of the heat the entire match, um, yeah. but ended up pulling out the W there. So that's uh, that's all that matters. Yes. And then we had another grumpy man brawl as it was Ishii and Makabe again. Makabe yeah. representing the New Japan dad circuit. Uh, just coming out ready to punch people right in the face. And Ishii's always down for a good time like that. What I need somebody to do. I was thinking about this because uh, yesterday I watched both this match and later in the day I watched Batman Returns. I need somebody <laughs> to take Danny DeVito's <laughs> and edit it to Ishii as he's walking because that's how I imagine it sounds. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to make a joke about how much like Michael Keaton's Batman Ishii has to turn around at his torso oh, to no. see around him. Also, also that. Yeah, can we just Batman yeah. Returns Ishii yeah. the whole time? That'd be great. Uh, I will say a uh, shout-out to uh, a podcast I very much enjoy, Virtual Pros. I would like to uh, second their one issue with Ishii coming back from quarantine. Would have been a great time for him to bring back the high-top fade that he had in the late 90s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just saying, pops yes. pops back up from quarantine, pulling that out. You know it's going to be main event Ishii time. Hell yeah! <laughs> now this match was fun though. I I, I was uh, I was into it. Yes. Uh, and speaking of matches that were fun, as dog shit as uh, Yano and Gato was, <laughs> Hiromu Takahashi and uh, Toriano had an absolutely ridiculous and fun match. It was completely stupid, but it was entertaining. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, Hiromu. 
Hiromu's level of paranoia around Toriano is uh, is just fantastic. He yes. sells it so well. This unbridled fear of this this madman Yano. It's yes. uh, he's wearing the helmet and then the the hair clippers that kept coming from nowhere, and scissors under the new, new Japan Cup, and all kinds of just uh, <laughs> rid- ridiculous. Yeah, tape. Yeah, uh, was it uh, Yamura that Hiromu um, uh, <laughs> got three-legged race uh, to? Y- Yoda Suji. Yoda oh, Suji. Yoda Suji. Yeah. Okay, all the, all the young lions look alike. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Hiromu ended up winning a match by count out while taped to a young lion. Yeah. Uh, I, I will just, I'll spoil the finish here. What happened was <laughs> they were on the outside. It, look, it was looking like it might be a count out finish. Hiromu is taped to a young lion, which is something that Yano tends to do to get get right. a count out finish. That's how Shooter and uh, Moxley came associated. Exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they're they're continuing to fight backstage. Hiromu takes that same tape, blindfolds Yano, and throws him into an elevator because Kurikan Hall's on like the fifth floor or something, yeah. and sends him downstairs and runs to the ring with his uh, with his. <laughs> with his young lion attached to him to win by count out. They have some trouble getting in the ring too, which is yes. hysterical. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was ridiculous. It was silly. It was full of uh wackadoo New Japan history. I yeah. I loved it. Uh <laughs> I I I I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a match of the year or anything, but if if, no. you, if you like these guys and, and you know the, the history they have, it was a really, really fun time. Yeah. Um and then our main event uh, again, Nagata coming out swinging, looking to to be a beast boy. He and uh, he and Okada slugged it out something fierce, but Okada's got himself a new submission finisher. Yeah, look at that. I mean, just fully rounding out the arsenal there. Yeah. Um, so basically, that that was the first four matches of the second round. Okada, uh, Ishi. Takahashi and uh, Ishimori all progressing on. Um, so it looks like we are getting closer and closer to that possible Hiromu Ishii match I really, really want. Yeah, and I, I believe we get Ishimori and Okada in the next round? Yeah, we do! Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, that. we do. That Hell yes. Dope. Uh, the New Japan Cup continues on Wednesday with the second round matches of Kota Ibushi versus Taichi Show versus Sonata, which should be really good. Hiroki mm-hmm. Goto versus Evil, which in the past was fucking great and should be fun here. And basically what we will call the Roughhouse Special, Yoshihashi versus Bushi. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, skip. <laughs> I don't need to waste 15 minutes on that. I'm sorry. Yes. yes. Uh, but uh, the New Japan Cup continues to be a really, really fun watch. I, I really enjoy these, like, two-hour-long New Japan shows. Uh, yeah, the, the the brevity of the shows are refreshing. I yes. will give you that. Yes, versus going, all right, I'm gonna, I, I got to lock in for the next four hours and, and watch yeah. a New Japan show. Three times a week. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, there were the Wednesday Night Wars. NXT and Dynamite. You want to talk about NXT first, Christopher? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Significant to note that um, NXT leveled Dynamite in the ratings in terms of uh, total 
viewers and the older demographics aew still won in the 1849 demo um but not by much and it was their lowest number so not uh and i can't really figure it out because aside from the main event on nxt there really wasn't much to that show um meanwhile you had a lot of build for fighter fest on aew uh i i I the only thing i i could think of and and you know this is me just kind of you know, pointing a finger at what it could be. There weren't really any matches announced with like the top names in AEW. You know, you look at the guys who kind of moved the needle for AEW in terms of ratings. The Young Bucks didn't have a match. Kenny Omega or, or Ham- Hangman Page did not have a match. Mm-hmm. Cody did not have a match. Um, Orange Cassidy did not have a match. Yes, they had segments, mm-hmm. but they were all ultimately things that people probably really didn't want to see you know as as we'll get to like the cody press conference was an absolute fucking snooze like yeah uh i i I don't know who that was for um so i i think that if anything probably hurt him plus also you know the i think the one name that they would have had would be mox on tv and he wasn't even on it because he was quarantining at home so you know when when you sort of compare and contrast with AEW having that and NXT at the very least having three of their top names in a main event match, I can see why more people would have watched. Fair enough. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. So NXT, and of course, uh, you'll have to let me know what you didn't see from the Hulu cut. Um, NXT kicked off with an angle from an hour ago. Oh, Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest really setting the tone for the evening. Yeah, uh, they were fighting in the world's most dangerous parking lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, uh, uh, the referees were asking Cameron Priest where it hurt, and he screams out, It's my back! After very clearly selling his back the entire time. Uh, I don't buy Damian Priest as the underdog here. <laughs> no, no. There, there's, there's a lot of this that I don't get. Yeah, that's. That that doesn't really work for me. Um, Cameron Grimes, I, I you know, is fine um, as the sneaky little shithead Southern boy. <laughs> Bless Again. you. Yeah, nothing came out. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, it was you know, okay. But it was a lead into a Cameron Grimes Damian Priest match where Grimes ended up winning because of the aforementioned injured back. Right. Yeah. Very yeah, awkwardly laying Damian Priest in the car because he's so tall. Yes. He's like, <laughs> he had to like lay in such a way that his back would be hurt by something. And it was just very awkward looking because that's not a natural position. Yeah, it was it was very, very odd. Uh, we went back to the back. Robert Stone was trying to once again convince Rhea Ripley to join the Robert Stone brand. Um, yeah, I saw this. Uh, Man, Rhea is slumming it. Yeah, um, it was a really, really dumb segment that basically just turned into Rhea Ripley beating the crap out of Robert Stone again. and Dumping uh, him in a dumpster. Yeah, and uh, uh, Aaliyah decided to get into her face because that feud must continue. We had yet another segment of Timothy Thatcher stretching dudes. It was what, what? it was. I, what, is, what are these? You don't see anything. He's a shooter, brother. He's a <laughs> they, shooter. They... The, the they use such uh, tight shots that you don't see what's going on. It's super dark. I, I don't understand what this is supposed to accomplish. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, Santos Escobar defended. Did not see this. What happened or, with him this he, week? He, or not defended. He defeated Jake Atlas in a non-title match. 
Oh, fuck them for editing that off Hulu. I wanted to yeah. see that. It was any, actually pretty any, good. I like me some Escobar. Yeah. Um, also of note, uh, everybody uh, in... Uh, everybody uh, dies? No, no. Everybody in the Escobar... I forget the name of his stable, but everybody in Escobar's stable now wears these cool matching armbands because the Nexus will never be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. There was an Undisputed Era skit continuing on with the whole Dr. Shenaniganry, Dr. Kyle yeah, O'Reilly. I saw um, that. I kind of tuned out. Yeah. Roddy Strong was convinced to go into a, a uh, car trunk, and then also Adam Cole told him uh, that he was going to be facing Dexter Loomis in a match. Was what it was. Remember when the Undisputed Era were like this shit-kicking uh, uh, force of champions, and now they're you know relegated to crappy you know Shawn Michaels-written comedy? I remember that. That was cool. Malcolm Bivens was with Indishir. He cut a promo on one and two. Miss this. Damn uh, it. Malcolm Bivens is a fucking great mouthpiece, and uh, honestly, yeah. he needs to be on TV more. I, I I dare say Malcolm Bivens should be given the Poochie role, which is every time Malcolm Bivens isn't on screen, everyone should ask, "Where's Malcolm Bivens?" You mean the Charlotte role? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeated Casey Cottonzero and Caden Carter as basically yes, the this. blow off to that random angle that's been going on. Uh, okay. After the match, Dakota Kai called out Io Shirai. Okay. Um, Dakota Kai sure, is yeah. going to be Give part of a fatal four way next week in the first week of the Great American Bash, which is totally not a reaction to Fighter Fest. Um, no. Well, isn't I guess that's for the next week then? Isn't Io Shirai facing Sasha Banks as announced on social media? Non-title. Oh, boo! Yes. Okay. Whatever. Carrying Cross beat the snot out of Bronson Reed. You know, for as uh, as brief as this was, it was good. Yeah. Like, no, it, was it had very, like very good. it felt like a New Japan match because they were just slugging at each other. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, Adam Cole was caught up with backstage. There were a lot of fucking promos on this show. I mean, not, not to say was. Dynamite had a lot of video segments, but there were a lot of fucking promos on, on NXT. Um, anyway, Adam Cole was being asked about uh, who, who he'd like to face out of the winners of the three-way. He'd said he'd face anybody. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Yes. So uh, In a bra and panties match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Petrina, I'm calling a wee little lingerie set because he's shit. Yes, I am. I'm getting it. <laughs> this is a little guy. You yeah. Put him in your pocket. <laughs> Shrinky dink Shawn Michaels over there. <laughs> uh, baby. We had another vignette to hype. <laughs> another vignette to hype. He doesn't die. He, he multiplies. Uh, multiplies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, you had another vignette to hype the return of Mercedes cut. Martinez. And then uh, Rhea Ripley beat the shit out of Aaliyah. I don't even remember if this happened on the show I watched or not. Yeah. I uh, honestly don't. I watched it yesterday morning. Rhea Ripley <laughs> basically got absolutely chumped by the Charlotte Flair angle. And if this is their mm -hmm. way of rebuilding Rhea, terrible idea. That ain't it, pal. Not it at all. Um, Dexter Loomis defeated Roddy Strong by countout, and I yeah, guess I we're that. probably not going to see a tag title match anytime soon with Dexter Loomis and his tag partner who shall not be named. 
Yeah, there's some. Uh, he was apparently apparently the Velveteen Dream was in an auto accident on yeah. Friday. Yes, I think. Yes. Um, uh, and he was released from the hospital, which makes me wonder if some of the other rumors going around on Twitter on Friday were a game of telephone, because yeah. he was released. From the hospital. From the hospital, yeah. From yeah. a local medical facility. Yeah, fair point, fair <laughs> point, my bad, my bad. The title's in <laughs> abeyance, yes. Yeah, Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, after this, we got our start of our build for the two-week Great American Bash show. We had a backstage promo with William Regal, with Robert Stone and Aaliyah, and... Uh, Basically, Stone said that they deserve a rematch with Rhea Ripley. And the match is signed. It's a two-on-one mixed handicap match with Robert Stone and Aaliyah against Rhea Ripley. If Ripley loses, she has to join the Robert Stone brand. Oof. Rhea's losing. I'm just going to call it now. Man, that's, that's some kind of booking right there. Yes. Okay, sure, whatever. We have a Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match as Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and Dakota Kai battle for a shot at the NXT Women's Championship. Okay, okay. all right. All makes sense. And there's going to be a strap match with Roddy Strong against Dexter Loomis. Okay. That's because of the count-out runaway finish. The idea is that Roddy can't escape. Sure. And, of course, Why not? as mentioned on social media... Uh, the July 1st show will have a non-title match between Io Shirai and Sasha Banks, which should be real fucking good. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why it couldn't be. Yeah. Save for Sasha getting injured again. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, let's hope for the best here. Uh, our yeah. main event was the triple threat match for the North American Championship. Winner getting to face Adam Cole, baby, for uh, the combined NXT World and NXT North American titles. On now, July 8th. This isn't a unification. It's a two-champ sitch, right? It's a winner-take-all match. Okay, so it's not being billed as a unification, so they're keeping the North American Championship. As far as we as know. As far as we know. As far as we know. <laughs> Remember, we had a tournament for an <clears throat> interim champion that quickly became not an interim champion, and now may never be an interim champion. Uh, okay. Probably for the best sure. at this point. Yeah. But- at this at this point, but I mean, honestly, the fact that they haven't taken any action against him kind of leads me to believe that uh, maybe there isn't anything behind the claims against Jordan Devlin. I don't know. They were pretty. Uh, I think that their investigations of uh, Legero and uh, Banks and um, Jack Gallagher mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. were brief. Uh, yeah. So the fact that nothing's been done to Jordan Devlin yet, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, Keith Lee ended up winning what was a really good match. I, I really enjoyed this match. It was fun. Match. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was your typical WWE triple threat where yes. someone gets tossed to the outside and then the two do their shit. Um, they even found a way to shoehorn in the Keith Lee rising in the frame yes. Uh, yes. spot. That, that the, the meme so returns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, I thought it was really fun. Uh, I'm excited for Keith Lee, Adam Cole. It feels like we got there in the most convoluted way possible. Um, yeah. But, hey, uh, Keith Lee, Adam Cole will be a really fun match and potentially could be the only world title match on television on July 8th, depending on how the next few weeks go. 
Yeah, because the rest of the title matches for Fighter Fest are next week, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, they are. And with that in mind, let's jump over to Dynamite. I thought Dynamite was a really good show in terms of building for Fighter Fest, but that's what a lot of the show was, was about building. So you had a lot of vignettes, you had a lot of video packages. So if you don't like those things, this was a snooze of a show. But what what was there I thought was good, and also I thought the in-ring that we had was really fun. Yeah, uh, especially tag match. Yes. Chiz. Yes. There were two, right? I believe. What was the fr- what was the fr- what was kicked off the show again? Uh, well, so the show kicked off with what felt like to me a uh, throwback to ECW in terms of its ridiculousness. It was the lumberjack match with oh, yeah, Wardlow yeah, yeah. going against Luchasaurus. That's right. If Wardlow is not an AEW champion within, let's call it the next three years, they fucked up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the inevitable Wardlow cage program. Yes, which Wardlow. Would be fantastic. Wardlow. I, I know I made the comparison when he debuted at uh, the Atlanta show. Wardlow is 2002 Brock Lesnar in the yeah. best of ways. He is remarkably capable in the ring for a big man. Mm-hmm. He can go. He's got a level of intensity, and he's got that it factor, and. Those are very hard things to just pull out of thin air. He's also more handsome than Brock Lesnar. He's got that going for him, too. He's uh, up nice. Like him in a suit standing behind MJF, that's a good look. It is. It is a very good look. But I thought this match really fucking great. I thought this was it the was. best Luchasaurus has looked since his injury. Yeah. Uh, and you had Chucky e. T and uh, Trent dressed up as actual lumberjacks. Yes. Bless them. Yes. Bless their hearts. Yes, very, very true. And uh, it turned into a ridiculous clusterfuck, uh, complete with Wardlow uh, gorilla pressing poor Marco stunt a good 10 feet in the air into yeah. the crowd of lumberjacks. And yep. uh, Luchasaurus uh, kind of pulling the guy who fucks up on the diving board needing to double double pump his shooting <laughs> Yeah, He's like, oh, oh shit. Whoa, okay, whoa, whoa. This time. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm, man. I'm glad he took the moment instead of Brock <laughs> yeah. Lesnaring himself into a crowd of people. But it was just like, ah, Luchasaurus, buddy. He had lost lost a little wee bit of steam, but uh, it was so pretty impressive that he was able to to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of impressive to pull off, Luchasaurus pulling out a fucking Spanish fly in the middle of this match was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. It was it was a hoss fight spot fest, which is not something you normally see, because there was uh, just all kinds of crazy high spots, uh, which was it made it even more fun. And of course, the low blow shenanigans of MJF and everything led to yeah. led to the finish. Uh, man, Jurassic Express really needs to pick up some W's at some point. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're taking a lot of L's. They're fun and they're still over, but at a certain point, you know, it's it's just gonna be well. You won't believe that they're ever going to win anything. Exactly, exactly. But uh, Wardlow, uh, after the low blow to uh, Luchasaurus, hits an F10, a gorgeous F10, gets a victory, but then it turns into a big brawl between the aforementioned uh, Jurassic Express and MJF and Wardlow to build their match at Fighter Fest, which I kind of feel like is in a rock and a hard place situation booking wise, just as you said. Yeah. Ju- uh, Jungle Boy and. Luchasaurus, they need a win here, but MJF has this undefeated gimmick. The only thing I can think of is Wardlow gets pinned so they can start the blow off between Wardlow and MJF. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe uh, 
maybe Wardlow beats uh, or pins uh, Jungle Boy this time because mm-hmm. um, MJF has pinned him a couple times. Yeah, because um, I, I I don't I don't you know MJF isn't getting pinned or submitted. Uh, there's the possibility of Wardlow taking the L, but I think I, I think it's too soon to break up Wardlow and MJF unless they mm-hmm. have really big plans for Wardlow already yeah. or MJF. I mean, you know, who knows? I um, feel like MJF is definitely in line for world for a title, title shot. shot. Yeah. yeah. Which leads me to believe that Cage will not win against uh Moxley. Yes. When that happens yeah, cuz you, you need a heel to to counter Mox or yeah, the face and, to counter MJF rather. And, and MJF Mox sounds like a really really fun time. Yeah, and of course, you know, turn into a schmoz with him fighting off both of them, which is a very Mox thing to do. Exactly, exactly. So uh, Taz was back with his uh, weird promo series where he tears apart a move and breaks it down for us, the fans at home. Uh, a weird kayfabe situation. But in this instance, he was talking about his boy, Brian Cage's Drill Claw. Who better, baby? Yeah. Um, we had a preview of the rest of the card, and Tony Schiavone was given some additional notes by Britt Baker. Britt Baker, this time in a plexiglass cube. <laughs> I love how they keep, keep ramping it up each week. I'm curious <laughs> to see what – this. Is, I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I'm into it. Yes. Hikaru Shida uh, came out for a squash match facing Red Velvet. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Which on the is way- a great name for a wrestler, by yes. the way. Yes. Uh, on, on the way out, uh, Penelope Ford took a swing at Shida. Uh, they were exchanging words because, of course, they have a match at Fighter Fest. So Hikaru Shida, after getting all heated, comes to the ring, hits the high knee, does the Falcon Arrow, did the deal, gets the pin. Yeah, and then goes after uh, Penelope Ford. Which was uh, fucking great. Yeah, breaks Kip Sabian's glasses, just pounding on uh, on Ford in the the crowd. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, uh, they went full Mari Povich here. Uh, <laughs> Sheeta just diving over the the rail. I mean, I I definitely feel like Penelope Ford is a lame duck challenger for Sheeta. Yeah, but a segment like that made me want to see the match. If I'm completely honest, like just, you know what, it's it's a good it's a good Sheeta. opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's a good opportunity for Ford to to prove herself uh, that she's really um, you know progressed as it appears she has from what she was doing earlier in the year. So you know, give her give her the chance because there wasn't anybody else at the time. Um, so yeah. So then we had the press conference for the Cody yeah. Jake Hager TNT title match. This sucks. This was- Fucking bore, man. Yeah, this was not good. Uh, you had Hager not show up. You had twenty people behind Cody. Yeah. Uh, Arn know, cut Arn... a decent promo. I will say a yeah. nice thing. Arn cut a decent promo. He did, and then Cody kind of reiterated the same things that Arn said. Yeah. Uh, they took some questions from the journalists in the crowd, which, um, which uh, for the, the Dave Meltzer pop of the week was, uh, it was all names of fake reporters from pro wrestling illustrated. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he really was amused by that. It made his life. Okay. Yeah. Right, I, well, I, I well, could give a shit less, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Hager eventually comes out. They do a standoff. So to do photos and Karen Hager throws yeah, water Jake into, Hager's uh, throws water. In yeah. I don't know her first name, but she definitely looks like a Karen. So Catalina. she looks like a person I would hate. Catalina is her name. And Ugh. I will just say if the, the crux of this is we're going to make her a character on screen. Count me the fuck out, man. Yeah. Can we just uh, cut bait on Hager? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We... 
Yeah, yeah after he loses to Cody, him? can we just be done, please? Please, yeah. for the love of God, can we can we just do find and replace Lance Archer with Jake Hager or Jake? Hager I was with Lance just Archer? gonna say that, yeah. like you know, keep Jake at home because he's old. Uh, put Archer with the inner circle. You know, the inner circle's down one person right now. Yeah. Uh, so if you ditch, uh, if you ditch Hager, you know, I'd be happy. By the way, I think Archer's actually older than Hager, which is funny. Well, he's got personality, and that's yeah, all that yeah. fucking matters. No, I was saying, like, he's actually entertaining, so there we go. Yeah. Uh, an, an awesome promo, of which there's an extended version online, uh, was aired as it was Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela making their way uh, to and Dynamite. Fucking so great. all in on that. The full three, three-and-a-half-minute bit was yes. outstanding. You know, they're driving around, talking. They go to a gas station. Janela goes in for some snacks, puts like 20 things of Lunchables in the cart, which is fantastic and yeah. so on brand for Joey Janela. Yeah. He gets a burrito uh, and checks out uh, and walks outside to see Sunny Kiss getting harassed by a bunch of ne'er-do-wells in the uh, neighborhood of the gas station. So then he, in the extended version, which sadly was cut, he throws the burrito at one of the guys in slow, dramatic, um, slow motion. And it was, and they just proceed to beat the guys up. This was this this gave me Lucha Underground feels, and yes. it made me very very yes. happy. I, I enjoyed it very much. I really love this team. I really love this duo. I really love this idea. Unfortunately, though, in their debut, they had to lose uh, because they went against yeah. Brody Lee and Colt Cabana, <laughs> which I thought was a very good match. But I really wanted Kiss and Janela to get the win here. Yeah, I feel like they could have. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you would have booked it. Maybe just. Pushed it back a couple weeks with this uh, Cabana Lee thing, uh, or fed them another tag team that wasn't, yeah. you know, this new team he just put together. But or, maybe or play Cabana into the story. loses legitimately, and then the next week Lee gives him away. Right. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They have Fighter yeah. Fest, so it would have to be. Right, or or right. they have a match at Fighter Fest. And yeah, two. So, some, something like that. I, I don't know. It just was one of those things where. I'm not entirely happy with the finish, but I was happy with the post match though. Because here comes uh, fucking yeah. Lance Archer running out. Yep. He decides he wants to start beating up uh, Sonny Kiss. And Janelle is like, fuck that shit. You can't beat up my buddy. And uh, this is a build to a match that's going to happen week two of Fighter Fest. Joey Janela versus Lance Archer. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah, give me that violence. Yes. Ultra violence, please. Th- please and thank you. Yes. Um, there was a video package recapping an angle on AEW Dark. Where Sean Spears using his loaded Ugh. glove beat up Pineapple Pete. Yep, don't care. Then we had a replacement match because the Nightmare family was not at uh, the Dynamite uh, tapings this week. FTR. Well, Dustin was. Well, Dustin. They could not do the originally scheduled match because <laughs> of no QT Marshall because he was right. in contact with someone who had COVID. Yes. Um, anyway, it was FTR. Going against SCU of Daniels and Kazarian, and this was a damn fine little match. I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. SCU looked, I mean, they're great, but man, they looked great here. Yeah. Uh, and man, FTR, SCU, that was that was probably the best match on the show, I think. I mean, the the spectacle of the, of the first match was great, but FTR, man, yeah. was, them boys good. Yeah, remember how there's always kind of this thing whenever, like, WWE folks get picked up by AEW, it's this idea of, like, well, all right, let's, this is when rubber hits the road. Let's see if uh, if it was Vince not really giving them the opportunity or if they just sucked anyway. 
Well, yeah. Here's another one where it turns out they were really fucking good. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, and we, but we knew that from NXT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. But there were still people going, ah, no, they were they were protected in NXT because they got to practice yeah. their matches. Let's see how they do with, when they don't have someone good writing for them. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, it's great stuff. After the match, there was a promo where I think the timing of, of certain shots being framed got fucked up. Um, yeah. But the long and the they, short of it I think is, they still had OC on camera 12. Yeah. Uh, the long and the short of it is um, – Butcher and the Blade have stolen the truck of FTR. Their right, they drove from Nashville, North Carolina. Yes. They're, they're, did you say drove from Nashville, North Carolina? Asheville. Asheville, okay. Asheville. <laughs> okay, I understand now. I thought you were saying they drove from Nashville, North Carolina. I'm like, I don't no, think that's My brain isn't that mushy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Butcher and Blade have stolen the truck, and more than that, they have formed an alliance... With a spooky skeleton ninja and his fiery phoenix friends. You know what? If if we're gonna get a a, a cabal of clockwork orange uh, skeleton phoenix bros, I'm fucking here for it, yes. man. Yes, I'm just sad that Death Triangle uh, was not there in full force because the Lucha Bros are back. They were attacking FTR, and it turns out at Fighter Fest we are getting an eight-man tag: the Young Bucks and FTR. As the Young Bucks made the save, going against. The Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade. This is a huge opportunity for Butcher and Blade, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think they proved themselves on yes. their last uh, the last week's match with FTR. Um, but I really like this pairing of FTR and the Bucks because there's this, you know, they have this this feud, um, this uh, battle for the greatest tag team ever, um, and it gives them a chance to to work together and or fall apart because of it. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I I think on paper you know you you legit have three of the best tag teams going right now, and yeah. just by having that X factor of Butcher and Blade in there, like it it's one of those scenarios where you go, it's very clear that these are the guys that are meant to get the rub by being in this match, but they have such a huge opportunity to make a name by being in this match, and also. Yeah it doesn't blow off any of these potential matches for FTR. It's a really clever right. booking. Um, yep. So yeah, very, very excited for that. Uh, and speaking of matches I'm excited for, we had a video package for the tag title match for fighter fest, which will be between the best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent and uh, the current tag team champions of Kenny Omega and hangman page. Basically this is put over how fucking weird both teams are. They, they really are. I want to know where Paige gets these shirts um, <laughs> because, man, they are choice. Does he just shop, get his entire wardrobe a Cracker Barrel or something? Like, cause yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Uh, it's fantastic. But, yeah, it was it was a it was a funny, weird segment. But, you know, I was already hyped on the match. Yeah. So this uh, this definitely got me a little more. I, I think my favorite part was uh, when uh, Chucky e. T was trying to put over his duo with Trent. He's like, look, man, we've been through everything together. And Trent goes like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're very, they're very they're good. fucking great and you know yeah yeah good stuff so then a uh john moxley brian cage hype video followed um which you know a lot of the same people putting over the match and, and that sort of thing i'm excited for this match anyway um so it did well, not add or detract for me 
I like the way they do, you know, they actually get the commentators to give their opinions on the matches. Mm-hmm. It gives it more of a real fight feel because these are the guys that are out there watching everything that happens on the show. So they have right. the best points of view as to what happens and they have, you know, the history and the business. I, I really like that aspect of it. It was good stuff. Uh, I agreed. I thought it was very, very well done. And then Taz joined commentary for the next match as it was Brian Cage absolutely murdering John Cruz. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't really call that a match. But. Yeah, it was a one-sided ass beating. Poor John Cruz just getting murdered by Brian Cage. And then Taz continued his run as one of the best promo guys going right now as he talked more shit about John Moxley and... Uh, I, I will say him saying that Moxley had a bullshit excuse for not being on TV was was a little rude, but you know what? That's his job. He's a heel. Yeah. Just get under your skin. Yeah. Um, he he, uh, he carded really good. Yeah, uh, but very, very good. Very much looking forward to that match. If it happens, question mark? Yeah, I mean, it depends. Honestly, if it happens, I'm actually going to be a little upset because it shouldn't. If he's yeah. been exposed to somebody with the COVID in the past two weeks, there's a two-week gestation rate that we've all heard about. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be taped on two, uh, Thursday, I think, is when they're taping it. Something like um, that. Yeah. I, 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 at this point, I don't want it to happen right now, yeah. just for the safety of everybody involved. 100% agreed. Um, so, uh, we then had a backstage promo with Brody Lee and Colt Cabana. Cabana saying when he feels good. And then Lee said, Hey, we got a match coming for fighter fest. It's going to be us and SCU. Yeah. So that should be fun. And we had our, I will say, um, Brody Lee did that promo like without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why he wears the, the singlet cover up. Cause he's got like this. He's built big beefy chest that yeah. really should be sh- shown off in yeah. terms of getting his posing uh, stature over. Yeah, just let him wear the diesel pants and, and <laughs> no shirt. You know, I still get strong diesel vibes from him, and but, that's not necessarily. I mean, that. he was the big rig Brody Lee on the Indies, so you're not the first to say that. Oh, really? Yeah, he used to go by the big rig. Yeah, yeah, big rig Brody <laughs> Lee. Ah, uh, that's great. Okay, yeah. all right. Because he he, Kevin Nash he basically was, I mean, his outfit was very close to what he wore uh, with the Wyatt family, but it was a bit more truckery. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I see. I got yeah. You. Yeah. So uh, then we had our traditional yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, before uh, before the main event uh, promo train. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so night one of Fighter Fest is Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow. Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford for the AW Women's t- uh, Women's World Title, uh, Cody versus Jake Hager for the TNT Championship, and then Omega and Paige versus Best Friends for the Tag Team Titles. That's a great fucking show. It is, but you think there's going to be at least one title change? Yes, and I'm not sure which one it's going to be. I would think maybe Best Friends winning the tag belts. Mm, I mean, that would be a good uh, reward. To them, because if you listen to the Unrestricted podcast with Tony Khan this week, mm-hmm. he talked about how much the best friends were relied on and how much they came through for everybody. Um, you know, during the uh, during the pandemic, it would be a good reward. But yeah. my fear is that Hager beats Cody. Oh man, <laughs> I, Ford isn't beating Sheeta. Uh, yeah, that's so. It has to be one of the other two matches. I would. 
but I don't know if it's too soon because, you know, Kenny and uh, Paige have really re-hit their stride and are mm-hmm. going pretty mm-hmm. strong recently. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just worried. I'm just worried it's going to be Hager. Yeah, we we shall see. Uh, and then week two, July 8th, is Nyla Rose. She's going to be in action and has a special announcement. Don't know what that's yeah, going to be. Yeah, curious uh, what, the, what, what that is. Um, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. SCU, all three members, against Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, and Stu Grayson. Uh, it was pointed out on something I was reading online. I forgot about this. Colt Cabana originally popping up to assist SCU to take mm-hmm. on the Dark Order. So kind of interesting to see him on the other side here. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Young Bucks and FTR versus Lucha Bros, Butcher and Blade. And the AEW world title match between Brian Cage and John Moxley. It's a lot of matches. Yes. It's almost as if one match could be safely cut. <laughs> well, I have a feeling uh, there may be some kind of surprise debut uh, to face Nyla Rose. Yeah, I, I, I would love that. Um, Britt Baker then had Tony read a note. The note said that Big Swole was the biggest piece of trash on the roster. So, of course, Swole appeared and dumped trash on Britt Baker in the empty top of her plexiglass cube. Yeah. When that match happens, it'll be fun. Yes. Uh, Matt Hardy and Santana had a match, which was really more to build to the Santana and Ortiz private party match. Uh, Matt's looking rough at times. He, yeah, it was it, he was moving around the ring like fucking Yuji Nagata was uh, just barely, yeah. barely being able to work his legs at certain points. And I know they kind of sold it as, you know, that one maneuver he took in the ropes, uh, twisting his knee or whatever. But yeah, he is uh, the characters there uh, for the most part. He should uh, be in more stadium stampedes and less straightforward matches. Right. Agreed. Uh, and then we had our main event promo segment, the face off between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Maybe I'm an asshole. This really didn't work for me. No? no None of it? No. I, 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 the, the image of Cassidy with the ear bleeding and what have you was very good. But I don't know. It, it felt Jericho's promo really didn't fire on all cylinders for me. And it felt like it, the, the brawl between the two ran a bit long for my opinion. Both segments, both parts of it probably went a little too long, but I think the idea that Jericho presented makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the joke that is equated to Orange Cassidy, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they probably could have gotten to the brawling a little sooner and done it a little uh, briefer, but I, I, I didn't dislike it. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm, I'm still stoked for the match. I still really think Orange Cassidy and Jericho are are going to put on quite a spectacle. But this segment in and of itself, I, I, I was definitely looking at my phone for more of it than I would have hoped. Okay. Um, All right. But I'm still sold on the match. And, yes, that visual at the end, OC, glasses back on, bleeding from the ear. Like, that. Yeah. they've made it a T-shirt for a reason. It's a great fucking image. It is. And whoever, you know, was working on giving him the cue to throw the thumbs up, yeah. perfectly timed. Yeah. Well done. Very, man. very well timed. Uh, but I thought, all in all, a good go-home show for Fighter Fest. Cannot wait for Fighter Fest this weekend next, but we'll see what happens with the makeup of the shows over the next few days. Is there any way we can um, uh, find out where Jake Hager lives and send him an envelope full of COVID spores? Is that something we need to do? 
Yes, yes. And, and we're going to uh, work on that. Yeah, and by all means, if you want to tell us where and how to get COVID spores, the address you want to send it to is at Sented Cruz on Twitter. <laughs> tell him this is the COVID information you wanted to send to your enemies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's stupid enough to buy into that. <laughs> Oh, man. The world's a fucking garbage fire. I hate everything. (laughs) The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1-N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. New from the Rough House podcast, it's the Rough House Music Volume 1. Justin Piss Poorly Sings the Classics. That's the same thing to ride a bed, something bumping, pounding bread, from Roshamus. Plus other popular themes such as... Voices in my brain, I have some thoughts, they talk to me, I say some shit... Bob Randy on ha! And who could forget? You think you know who I am? Pow! Proud of It is cloudy out, and they think there might be rain. I know, Christian, we're a tag team, but I think that we were vampires. That's a thing. You'll also get You know that I'm from America It is just south of Canada It's just north of Mexico Red, white, and blue We prefer white That's right, Justin Piss Poorly sings the classics Including Horns, hip-hop my time is happening. My time is not right now. My time is happening. Hey, I'm a fucking Marine. Here's a goddamn salute. Oh, here's a shitty top kick. I'm Cena. And the legendary. You think I'm cute. You know I'm sexy. I used to be partnered up with Marty Giannetti. Kicked him in the face. And he was out of work. And I still had a job, and he fell on hard times. I'm just successful boy, successful boy. I'm so successful boy, successful boy. My best friend's Triple H. It's Triple H. I'm just successful boy. I wear camo. Plus, soon to be classics like. It's a big man. He's got some lie, yo. This giant 
He was thrown off a building in WCW, but he was okay. And then he came over and had long hair and tried his own catchphrase. Said, that's the final word, but it didn't catch on. So he only did it once. And I hear the show. I hear the show. Got my hair dyed. I, I had sex with Vicky and AJ. Both cool. I'm Ziggler. Here to show the world. Here, hey, look, world. It's the Rough House Music Volume 1. Justin Piss Poorly Sings the Classics. Available this Christmas at Sam Goody, Music Town, Empire Records, and The Wall. Pre order now and receive Kristoff's Cat for no added fee. The Rough House Music, destroying your childhood worse than Vince McMahon on a cocaine bender ever could.